Hello, Compliance Heroes. This is Lynn Farrell, and this is our Compliance Hero Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join us today because I have a very special guest, Elizabeth Snyder. Elizabeth has been a friend of mine for a long time. She's been a banker. She's been a trade association person. She's been a consultant. Currently, Elizabeth is in charge of corporate compliance at First Citizens Bank in Raleigh. And this is about a $36 billion institution, so she's got quite the job on her hands. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, Lynn. And Elizabeth is going to talk to us today about five things that we can do to improve the teamwork in our bank between the stakeholders of compliance-related issues. So as we know, working across the enterprise can be challenging because everyone has their own point of view and their own interests and incentives. So Elizabeth has had a lot of experience doing this. She's been a chief compliance officer before at a slightly smaller institution. So I think that she's going to be able to give us quite a few really good tips today. So Elizabeth, let's go ahead and get started. What do you think the first thing is that will improve teamwork between the stakeholders? So I think the first very fundamental thing is understand what motivates and drives that stakeholder because everyone has an agenda mm-hmm. as to what they're trying to accomplish in their job. And if you don't have their perspective as to what they're trying to get to and what they're being charged with strategically to do and accomplish, then you're not going to be able to, they're not going to be open to anything that you're saying if you're not trying to make the regulatory world work within the environment that they're trying to get to. So understanding what motivates them. And so usually if you're working with the first line, you're working with people that are being driven to have certain goals, sales goals, sell a certain product, deliver a product to a certain group of of customers. And if you don't understand what they're being motivated by and what is driving them and what their end game is, and you start to put up roadblocks, that's when they start to work around you because they don't want to work with you. So do you, when you're accomplishing this particular step, do you sit down before a meeting and consciously try to visualize what that person's motivation is? Yes, I do. And then we also have strategy books for each of our business units now. So I'll ask for their strategy book so I can see what their goals are for the year and what they're trying to accomplish and the framework that they're trying to use it um, to accomplish that. And so that's beneficial. But then the other part of that, too, though, is also understand their operations. I think we fail to understand how they have to operate. And like all of us, we have resource constraints. We have technical restraints sometimes as to what we have to work in. And so you may be trying to um, push an item in a certain one when it won't work for them operationally. And it's like you're both coming from two different sides or two different ends. And then they don't appreciate it. They feel like they're being told what they need to do. But if you understand their operations and then you think about what you're trying to get implemented and work with them to see how it would work within their operation, they're much more receptive and open to the recommendations that you make. That's very good because a lot of times our operations partners are resource constrained as well, Mm -hmm. and they don't particularly want to have to implement a bunch of manual processes. It's going to take a lot of time and energy. So helping them think through how to implement something that's going to make them compliant in the most efficient way, I think is a a really good thing to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. So understand their drive and motivation is number one. What's number two? Don't be the no, work towards the yes. 
So keep in mind there's lots of ways to get to compliance. It doesn't have to go the way that you have envisioned it in your mind, and it may not have all the same steps or processes that you have envisioned in your mind. Um, I think we get tainted as to we think it has to be a very specific way, and we don't open up our brain to kind of think outside the box on that. So it's helpful to not be labeled as the no person in the organization, right? I mean, Correct. I've heard this many times, try not to be the no person, try to be the yes person. And that's sometimes easier said than done. So you have to really be creative, think a little bit more progressively than we're used to thinking as compliance folks to help that other stakeholder come to see that we are trying to help them get to a positive A positive. It's especially difficult now with the more subjective issues such as UDAP issues and consumer harm and those things because your gut reaction immediately when you hear something might be for you to go, no, (laughs) stop. Um, But you have to kind of control it and, and, and listen to what it is that they're really saying and what they're trying to do and accomplish. And ultimately you may still have to get to know with them, but it's understanding. You, you gain an understanding of what they're trying to do. They gain an understanding as to why it maybe doesn't work. And you guys come to it together as a no instead of it being compliance said, no, we can't do this. Right. Well, that's a great one as well. And I think it does help over time to be seen as a more positive partner than one that's always trying to stop. Yes, exactly. So don't be the no. Work toward the yes is number two. What is your third tip for us? My third one is assume that everyone wants to do the right thing. They just need a little guidance to get there. So that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was just saying, especially with something that's subjective like a UDAP. It it can be technically um, in compliance with the regulation and the rules, and it can be legal, and there can be no impediment on that. Um, But we know it's not maybe the right thing for our customer. And so... um, Sometimes we have to point that out to our our business units that we're working with, especially the front-end business units, um, because they are the ones working with customers. They want to give latest and greatest things to them. And with the wave of technology that's going on, there's a lot of really neat things we can do out there. But then those start to cross the line of things that would cause us some risks in, say, fair lending areas, just fair banking areas that you have to pay more attention to. So... um, so it, again, it's trying to help them to get to that conclusion. If we just keep telling them that, no, you can't do it, instead of giving them the risk, helping them to identify the risk, and having them start to have an aha moment of, oh, maybe we can't do this, that's where you're more collaborative, and that's where you get cooperation, and that's where you get where they stop working around you, and instead right. of working around you, they work with you. That's good. So assume that everyone wants to do the right thing. At, at my company, we sometimes call that assume positive intent mm-hmm. because it's, we often will just get a little preconceived notion in our head about someone's motives or intentions. And most of the bankers that I've dealt with in my lifetime really do have positive intent. They may not be going about it the right way, mm-hmm. but I have rarely met people that are actually trying to harm a consumer right. in order to make money. Uh, but they sometimes just, again, will design a product badly or something like that or advertise it incorrectly. But if we assume they're trying to do the right thing, then I think that makes us react to them more positively. Absolutely. Great. So 
What is the fourth thing? Fourth thing in in building these stronger relationships with your stakeholders and having that teamwork is be a consultant to them. Have a consultative approach to the, to everything instead of an adversarial approach. Um, we in compliance in the second line, we walk a very fine line because not only are we responsible for helping them to implement and stay compliant and have the right controls in place, we also do monitoring and testing of their controls. And so we're walking a very fine line. So it's really hard if you're going to tell me negative things, it doesn't make me feel good if you're in there criticizing me. So even when you do have a monitoring or a testing issue that is popping up that has to be cited, the way you approach it with them as a process improvement instead of you've done this wrong and you violated a regulation, it, that helps to keep that relationship not be adversarial. I think everyone has experienced times when they've been in um, a situation, say with an exam. They have a great exam team, and even though they're finding some technical things wrong within your program, you're like, yep, we met us up. It's things we're going to have to fix, and, and they work through it. But then we've also probably had some exam teams where it doesn't come across that way, and then you get defensive. And so when people start to get defensive in situations, it doesn't serve anyone the right way. So being a consultant to them is is by far more beneficial. That's great. The most important thing about being a consultant is listening. And I would say that's probably true in the compliance side, too. You have to listen to people to really understand their point of view, what their needs are, where they're trying to get. And it's mm -hmm. so easy when there's seemingly an intractable situation going on to just continue to shout out your, your position rather than listen to them. Well, so even listening to them, I mean, um, a common language. So they may be saying exactly what you want them to be saying, but you may not be understanding it because you, you have a different understanding of the language that they're using. And so sometimes it's just, a, it, sometimes miscommunication can be so easily fixed that, and it comes down to not listening. It comes down to you start to form your answer while they're talking, so then you stop listening to the rest of what they're saying. So, yeah, listening is really important, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So what's our last tip for our group today? Besides, let me re recap here. Understand the other person's drive and their motivation. Don't be the no, be the yes. Assume that everyone wants to do the right thing. Be a consultant, not an adversary. What's the fifth one? Make your passion contagious. To, to do this job, you have to be passionate about it. And you can tell the people who are passionate about what they do. And you can make that contagious. You could get it to where people are kind of like, oh. And they start to pick up on the feeling and they start to pick up on the vibe with that. And when you get working together like that, your passion passes on to them. And they appreciate your passion. Your passion sometimes can drive a compliance person to draw lines in the sand and stay firm right. when they maybe shouldn't be. So your passion can also be your hindrance. So I'd rather make it contagious and make it the thing that people like and why they bring me into meetings, etc. And, you know, even with that, it's listening to the whole. So even if you're just with somebody and, and, and you're working with stakeholders and you're implementing the compliance part of it, but you see something that could maybe improve an operational process that has nothing to do with your area and what you're, you're doing, 
say something because we're all in it together. And, you know, if you have ideas and you show that you're passionate about what you do and you're passionate about your company and your organization, you're all trying to get to the same goals, people will keep you involved in the processes with them. That's great because sometimes our passion can be just to get what we want accomplished. Correct. And you need to show that your passion is really to help the bank be successful and stay out of trouble because exactly. they should have that same exact goal. Right? Exactly. Everyone's goal is to be successful and not be in compliance jail, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, this was great information, Elizabeth. I really appreciate your joining me today. And I'm going to recap this for our uh, listeners. Five things that will improve your teamwork. Understand the drive and motivation of all the stakeholders. Don't be the no. Work toward the yes. Assume that everyone wants to do the right thing. And be a consultant, not an adversary. And make your passion for doing the right thing contagious. Thank you very much, Lynn. Thank you. And if you have any questions for me or for Elizabeth, you can send them to me at L Farrell. That's L F A R R E L L at Treliant, T R E L I A N T dot com. And we'll see you next time on Compliance Hero.